This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome along. I am not Richard Woodward, but in a parallel universe, I am presenting the preview show this week. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I am, of course, and you should know this, Benjamin Bloom. Um, uh, you tuned into the pre-match show for Oldham in the FA Cup first round. That old chestnut, hey. Um, in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. Thank you for joining us. Available as ever on audio and video. Joining me and carrying me through this, um, my maiden voyage on the uh, preview show is Seb Brown. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you, mate. It's weird, isn't it? It's like in Wayne's world where there's a different host and Garth just sits there and thinks, you're not Wayne. That's that's what I'm going to be doing <laughs> for the next the next hour or so. I'm just looking thinking, you're not rich. I'm hoping you're going to spend the next hour holding my hand as we get through <laughs> this. Obviously, I am no stranger to this podcast, having created it, but this is obviously my first um, my first go at this show, which has been a great um, great success, Seb. So far, yeah. I mean, the, the numbers are, are pretty steady and stuff. We enjoy the live format when we get the interaction from the guys and we get quite competitive with, with Room 101 and stuff. We try and sound each other out <laughs> midweek like, oh, what are you going to do this week? And, you know, that kind of thing. So, no, it's, it, it's going well and it's nice to provide a bit of, a, bit of an insight to who we're playing at the weekend. Should I be worried about the room 101 thing? Am I going to out myself as a terrible human? <laughs> to be I fair, I did that about in, so. five years ago on the pod, didn't I? <laughs> I don't know what you're going to put in yet. So, uh, yeah, hold that thought maybe. No, I'll, I'll give you an easy ride this week. I, I don't mind if you beat me. It's just when I'm playing against Rich, I really, really want to win. So you can see if you can equal Craig's 100% points per game record. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, got, <laughs> he's, got two out, he's got two out of two so far. He's absolutely flying. So oh, he's the one to, uh, to beat. 
Shall we do some news then, Seb? And th- there's also lots of buttons for me to press. So I'm going to do this one. There we go. Not too much um, in the way of news. Obviously, game and we did the live show on Tuesday night um, post Wickham. But uh, fans forum coming up on November the 8th. And I think we're going to be meeting um, Mr. Svartz of Game Changer um, for the first time, Seb. I think Rich will be going down there on our behalf. We normally have more than one person at at these type um, events. And we assume there'll be some live tweeting and whatnot. But um, this should be um, sort of a fairly eye-opening in another... um, I always remember these events under the previous regime, and they weren't very eye-opening. So, um, your thoughts? I think it, I think it's a, a great thing. You know, one was the last one August time just before the season started, I think, or maybe just after it started. And you know, Ashton was good to his word. He said we're going to try and get another one in before Christmas, and it's just great to see, isn't it? You know, it's more engagement with the community. It's a great chance for for the fans to rock up. I think 100 to 120 people or so can go. Great for them to meet people because in the old regime, let's be honest, we never saw anything. You'd get a, a predetermined script reading by Marcus Evans every two or three years, maybe. And you know, at least with these guys, they're there in the flesh. They're they're given up their, their Monday nights to talk to people and, and, and they are delivering on the things they're saying. So I think it's a really, really good thing to happen and uh, and great to see another one of the, the American guys coming over. We, we all saw the the pictures of Brett Johnson, didn't we, when Selena's goal went in? You know, you saw what it meant to him and how excited he was to be there. So it's great that another one of the ownership group can, can make the trip over. I think of all the things I've got loads of stick for on the pod, for some reason, criticising Marcus Evans for reading a flip chart. I got so much stick for that. But yeah, that I, I did that. Yeah, that wasn't for me. Learn your lines, Marcus. But there we go. That was another time and um, space. Um, in terms of news, Seb, obviously, I was stuck in a car park in Wickham when you were um, all doing the live show on Tuesday. So um, are you as giddy as I was after the game? Oh, yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? We did the live show with, with Rich and Dave. You know, make sure you catch that. It's still available on, on demand. And it was such a good performance. But obviously, we only had the iFollow coverage. So what was it like being there? Because, you know, all the all the videos the club are releasing of the atmosphere in their way and looked absolutely superb. It, honestly, and I don't, I don't want to get carried away. But as um, Ipswich fans, this is... This is a big rarity and I don't know whether it will turn out to be some kind of watershed performance. I just remember Mikey saying once on the pod, very, very, and he was dead on, very, very pertinently, that Ipswich have not turned up for big games, hard games for years, maybe maybe a decade or, you know, and... Uh, look, say what you like, Wickham, small ground or whatever, or whatever club, you know, whatever you think of Wickham, that's that's on you. That's fine. But this is a big game and a hard game at the level we are now. It's a team that were, you know, they're a nightmare to play against. You know, wingbacks right up. That ball goes forward the first time. You watch it come over and it does not come back out. They press you in. They keep you in for five minutes. And I just remember Luke Chambers talking after one of the Norwich games and he said fans sometimes get confused about pressure from set plays that you can get a bit, you know, if there's just two or three set plays in a row, but you do feel it, don't you? And Wickham are that type of team that really keep you hemmed in. And once they've got the pressure on and frankly, like they dominated us for, Mm. you know, the first, I can't remember when the goal went, it was like 
17 minutes and the goal was most definitely coming and you're sort of thinking, oh dear, oh dear. And then, honestly, I could like identify three different parts of that game that I'm totally glowing about. Um, okay, we scored against the run of play, um, but it is what it is. If you've got quality like um, Selena in the team, then look, that can that can happen. After we equalised, we were superb. Absolutely superb. And um, you can see exactly what Paul Cook's trying to do. Quick switch of play, fullbacks bombing forward, um, really good on transition. Um, so you could nominate that bit of the game. Then you could also nominate in the second half, just the quality for the two goals and Edwards and then Burns spanking it in the top corner. And and I wasn't in the away end. I was in the press box. And I probably have a better idea of how loud that away end was than the people who were in it. And yeah. it was it was something as well. It was a really great night. And then you could also nominate um, Ainsworth made like a, a double sub and you see more Land of the Giants and Akin Fenwer coming on and the pressure comes and they're winning fouls and they're winning free kicks. And people have told me, look, I haven't been totally in touch with, with Cook's Ipswich through having a baby and COVID and all of that. Um, I saw a nasty team there um, exercising in the dark arts. I saw Paul Cook in the fourth officials here. I saw Sam Morsey buying fouls. I saw our players taking their time over set plays and going down over fouls. And everything that maybe we didn't do against Aquiton, we then did in another, you know, very different sort of 10-minute period as well. So, you know, Wickham, whatever you say about the way they play, Wickham are a good side. And Oh, yeah. And the record at home is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. And... Do you want to play them in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. Do you, no, no. Do you know what I mean? Give me a yeah. give me a side that don't hem you in for twenty minutes at a time and you know bomb in the set play. So I know I know there's been a lot of you know, and I had a couple of people on Twitter saying, "Oh Ben, shut up! You beat you beat Wickham, all right." But it did feel, you know, like there were points there were points in that game where some of the football they were playing and. Evans and Morsi circulate and you get that switch either to either fullback and they go and it's right, play forward, run forward. And when you see it work, you think, Jesus, if if they get this right. They're onto something, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, they're, it will, and I know it's been two points per game for the last 10 games, hasn't yeah. it? If they get it right, it'll be, it'll be like that for the rest of the season. I think that's the excitement of a, a full away game. And Ipswich for once in whatever you say, ten years, fifteen years, turning up for a big game and winning four one for goodness sake. Um, and that's that's what I took away from it as well. The character, you know, how many times in the past have we gone a goal down on a, a cold away game against a side that like to get in your faces and are gonna launch it and be physical? And we normally go into our shells, don't we? And we've seen it so many times over the years, and that's what I really took from the game. You know, we stood up, we we matched them, they they fair enough, they bullied us for the first 15, 20 minutes, but we got back into it. We did the hard stuff, and like you say, after that, we were just more streetwise, weren't we? We we may have finally learned how to become a bit more a bit more savvy at these kind of games. <laughs> On that streetwise thing, I think, and look, all all sets of supporters are guilty of this. I think we notice it when teams do it against us, but we don't particularly notice it when we win games and do it. I think it's very much a glass empty thing. The um, the dark arts, isn't it? But you know, you, you, I'm sure most football fans are very nervous and very paranoid. But even at three one, 
with the way Wickham play, I'm sitting there thinking, if they score and they've done it, 96th minute, 97th minute, we won't win this game if they get it to 3-2. And obviously, when you're in the press box, you you have to be in some way professional. But, <laughs> yeah, when Selena and I, I could see Selena and Stockdale, and you have about one second to process it, and your brain's going, Stockdale's never going to outrun. And when he knocked it past him, and it's Ipswich, and it's 3-1, and you know it has to go 4-1 for you to just relax. And when he knocked it past him, yeah, there was there was a big clenched fist, um, <laughs> of that one as Selena went through. But I thought it was tremendous, Seb. I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed what, what Paul Cook is trying to do and we know that Paul Hurst had lots of ideas and I I sat there at Barnet in a pre-season friendly and <laughs> saw the setup from the goal kicks and it was all very easy against 18 trialists for Barnet wasn't it but this was this was um a bit different and came Vincent Young who I was very mm. very worried about after about 3 or 4 minutes of that game I thought oh he's they're going to target him as Harry from Bath would have said they're going to target target um him tonight you know he's maybe a bit of a smaller player physically but by the sort of the hour mark him and Burns going down that right hand so just so exciting when you know when the play gets switched and you get that yeah. raw go up and and um Jim McGilton said it um about Joe Royal who's now about to get mentioned in this pass forward run forward do you know what I mean yeah, it's yeah. such a simple simple thing yeah. But you know when they when they get going and they move on that transition and you you can tell they've been then told at that point that's the trigger. No, whatever you do has got to be pass forward, run forward. It was very very exciting. But there we go. Um, you can see I haven't calmed down um, since. <laughs> since <laughs> well, it's, it's great though, isn't it? Isn't it great to feel that way as town fans? You know, we're so exciting to watch at the moment. Um, fair enough. Yeah, not all the games have gone our way this season, but you know, we've scored in every single game, and I think we're on the same number of league goals. One of the guys in the in the live chat on Friday, uh, Tuesday, said we've scored the same number of goals after 15 games that we were on at the end of March last year. You know, insane. at least it's it's exciting to watch, and you know you're going to get to see a good 90 minutes of football. The result might not always go our way, but we are being entertained and it's, it's been such a while since that, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm casting my mind back to a 4-0 at Reading when Brian Krug yeah. was, but Reading completely collapsed in the last stoppage time of that game and we scored twice. And then I'm remembering, do you remember the win at Villa when Emir Hughes Emir scored? Hughes in the last minute, yeah. Uh, but that was Mick, um, you know, moving the pieces about yeah. and was hang in there and Nick, bring McGoldrick in and nick the goal um, at the end of the um, game. But yeah, it, the, the manner of that win was um, tremendous. And um, uh, the um, manner of that win is very similar to what the ITFC women seem to do on, on a weekly basis. I've got a note from um, Rich here just to say, beat Plymouth 5-0, nine points clear at the top. Um, Southampton have three games in in hand. Um yeah. Uh, Abby Lafayette, who is um, sponsored by the Blue Monday podcast now tremendously, uh, got an assist for the third goal. Next up, FA Cup game against Southampton um, on Sunday, the 7th at the Gold Star ground. And, and that's, a, that's a warm-up, isn't it? Because we're playing them in, is it two weeks' time, I think, as the, the first top-of-the-table clash of the season? I think it's away at Southampton in two weeks' time. So not entirely sure if Joe Sheehan will show his hand and necessarily play a a full strength side or really look to go for it in that game. He might just hold back a little, a little bit for a couple of weeks and really sort of, you know, give a, give him a good going over hopefully in uh, in two weeks time. Cause let's be honest, it's between us and them for the, 
for the promotion place, isn't it? So, you know, what, what happens in that game and then the one at the, uh, the penultimate one in April is going to be crucial. I will plead the fifth um, with my head in championship games for um, most of every week. But um, yeah, they're certainly going um, great guns there. Right. I have to press a button and we're going to talk about the FA Cup first round. Are you still, snobby still about this? It doesn't sound right, does it? The FA Cup first round. I was round, just going to you know. say, are you, are you snobby about this? Being a lot of people say, oh, this is how we've fallen. It, it, it's just a, a measure, isn't it? So it's a barometer of where we are, I guess. You know, the, the FA Cup happening before Christmas always seems so alien to me. You know, I grew up with the, the Burley era and stuff and the uh, uh, the John Lyle era. And, you know, it just, just wasn't a thing. And then obviously we got relegated a couple of years ago. And it's just, it's just it, it is what it is now. And, you know, we're old in the first round of the FA Cup. And hopefully we'll get round to the, the second one and then be in the draw, hopefully, for the, the real one. That's when it really starts, isn't it? The third week of, uh, sorry, the third round, the first week of January after Christmas. That's that's when the FA Cup for me really, really starts. But yeah, I guess you could say I'm a bit, a bit snobby about it. I, I don't, I don't think we should ever be in the first round of the FA Cup. Let's be honest. I think as well with our with our little club and the unattainably ridiculously high standard set by Bobby Robson. Obviously, the FA Cup in that whatever you want to, I'll call it decade of incredible overperformance. The FA Cup is like the poster of it because we won the thing, and so yeah. we we kind of judge. The, the extremes, obviously, of being in the first round with with winning it. Although you've given me some um, Paul Cook quotes here, Seb. Um, lovely cups. We will approach the cup game on Saturday. Our fans want a cup run. We want to give them a cup run. Obviously, you would have said that way more enthusiastically than, um, than I did, as he does um, with everything. But we're going to get the debate again about... Um, uh, I don't know, changing a winning team and um, putting reserve teams out but surely this year of all with such a we think evenly matched squad in um in in you know uh, across with all of the um with all of the many many signings this is the the time to uh, change it up especially given um the nature of the opponents so i would have thought so yeah i mean i, I can see both sides of the argument I can understand those people who are saying no, play the, you know, only make a couple of changes from the from the midweek team and really, really look to build momentum by going out there and scoring four or five. But you've got to keep people happy. You've got to get people some match fitness, and you know we don't want to be be, be risking people um, it, unnecessarily if we don't have to. So I can see both sides of the argument. But for me, I would play the so-called second string. And let's be honest, the second string is probably still stronger than our first team for the last two or three years at this level. <laughs> you know, we've got the players to to make these changes. And, and and I think personally we should do it. I guess we'll come on after we've done a bit of a chat about Oldham to what we think the likely town lineup might be. But for me, I'd be looking to yeah give the likes of Hladky, Wolf and Dern, uh, Louis Barry, give those kind of guys a, a run out for ninety minutes, and then possibly again the same on Tuesday night against Colchester because you've got a bit of a double header now and you can rest some of the ones that have been you know slogging it out for ninety minutes in Wickham on Tuesday. I think just to pour more, more fuel on that argument is the Oxford game more than likely to be cancelled now as well. So those people who are going, you know, all in on the play as many good players as you can might argue that there's a game coming down the road that's also going to be cancelled. But for goodness sake, you've gone to Plymouth away who are top of the league and yeah. Wickham away who were undefeated and present 
a very robust uh, challenge. It'd be madness not to be. I um, think so. I mean, and we've still got, you know, Sunderland to come in, what, two weeks' time, Rotherham after that. Oxford might go ahead, might not. Depends if, I guess, if, if Bond goes out to Zimbabwe or whatever. But, but yeah, it's, um, you know, for, for me, I would definitely be looking to, to, to rest some people because it's just not worth the risk, is it? Absolutely. Um, so if I uh, click this button um, for those people watching on YouTube, you'll see a League Two table uh, with Oldham uh, down there in 22nd position. And, um, you know, I'll be the first to admit my Oldham knowledge is not the best. That's why we've got Seb here. But what I have heard is all kinds of ownership troubles mm. and protests and whatnot throughout the season. So, um it's not been good at all. Recent record, um, uh, played 15, won three, drawn three, lost nine, beset by off-field ownership issues. Um, last time out, a 3-1 defeat at home to Swindon and Tyree Simpson scored tries. There's a little bit of um, sort of um, synchronicity there for you, narrative. Um, but they're, they're not in a good way, are they? Um, no, they... They are struggling, aren't they? Let's be honest. 22nd in League Two, 12 points. Last season, they finished 18th in League Two. So, you know, not they, they dropped off a little bit where they were last year. But that's kind of where they are at the moment. And it's it's a club, like we said, that's been completely beset by off-field issues. They've had ownership issues since since 2018, 17-ish with, you know, various HMRC orders and winding up positions, that sort of thing. So, you know, you've got to feel sorry for the fans. They're, they're the victim of a uh, of, of ownership issues. And it's just translating on the pitch, I guess. When you look at the, you know, the, the turnover, of players, 15 arrivals, 12 departures. Whenever me and Rich do these for the League One sides, it always tends to be sort of eight or nine arrivals, eight or nine departures. But this struck me as being so high. You know, you're probably talking two thirds of a playing squad there coming in. And um, and, I, and I guess that's why they, they, they are struggling so far this season. Keith Curl's been there since March this year. Uh, played 31, 110, drawn five, lost 16, so averaging 1.13 points per game. I guess he's best known for his time at, at Carlisle and Northampton. But he's always been a, a, a lower league manager you know, um, and and that's just where they where they are at the moment. Their only priority, I guess, will be firstly survival as a as a football club, and then look to hopefully maintain their position in League Two. As you're saying that, um, only basket case clubs have a turnover of more than eight or nine players each summer. What what is my brain thinking as, as, you're, as you're saying that? So, um, so what can what can we expect then? Um, well, obviously, it's it's always hard to do these when it's a, a lower league club, and especially when it's an FA Cup tie, because managers might use it for experimentation, and the the usual sides might go out the window. But but typically, they're a side that like to play three at the back. So their most consistent formation this year has been a 3-4-2-1 or a 3-4-1-2. The, the two number 10s are quite adapting game of moving up front and supporting the main striker, Hallam Hope, so they can change things around in game. But three at the back is tending to be what they what they normally play with wing backs. Uh, Jordan Clark and Kyle Piagani are the mainstays of the back three both six foot one guys, you know, lower league defenders who will do the basics, do the no nonsense. They'll head it clear and kick it clear for, for 90 minutes, but they're, they're certainly not going to be like ball playing defenders, you know. And like I said, the, the two number 10s, the ones that will, will will get up and support the striker or in game switch to go up front, that's their main threat. You've got Dylan Bambula and Davis Keller Dunn. They're both top scorers so far. Three goals each from that that number 10 attacking position. Um, and Hallam Hope is the focal point. Now, he's not he's not really in the side to score the goals. He's got one goal and one assist so far this year. He's very much the focal point, like a like a Daryl Murphy or like Jordan Roberts was played when Paul Lambert first came in. His job is to hold the ball up and really look to get those number 10s uh, in and around him as, as support options. And then in midfield, you've got Callum Whelan. He's the 
the deep sitter of the of the side. He's the one that will sit back and look to screen the defence and really allow the, uh, the the two number tens and the left winger Benny Kuto to really bomb on and look to look to support the striking options. But they're you know they're not prolific scorers. They're averaging 0.7 goals per game, uh, seven and a half shots per game, three on target, four off target, uh, and defending wise, five clean sheets so far out of 15 games, and they're conceding 1.5 goals per game. So you know you can look at all the stats you want, but if you're scoring 0.7 goals per game and conceding double that every single time you go out you, you, that, that's why you're going to be in the lower end of league too let's be honest absolutely flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company united healthcare insurance plans offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more one of these plans may be right for you if you're say between jobs coming off your parents plan turning a side hustle into a full hustle or even missed open enrollment want more flexibility find out more about united healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com away days are great but there's nothing quite like home comforts the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home advantage with mc delivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. I think the thing with these games over the last few years, um, what, whatever, whoever the opponent is, and look, obviously, Oldham you know, with, with, with all respect and uh, growing up, Oldham was a damn fine um, oh, yeah. opponent. Yeah. We battled with them at the end of the eighties under, under Joe Royal. And they would have gone up, I suspect one, one season possibly before, before us, a couple yeah, of seasons yeah. uh, before we did with Ian Marshall and um, Joe Royal, Nick Henry, Neil Adams, Earl Barrett, Andy Ritchie, Frank Bunn a few years before that, Roger Palmer had a hell of a team, didn't they? So look, you can see I do respect Oldham, but mm. it's it's not a strong opponent. It's the club in a bad way. But it's been um, these cup ties just over the years, even that first League Cup game as well that we always seem to get in. Well, I mean, look at this season as well. Obviously, uh, my child was being born that day, so I wasn't quite uh, paying attention to the, to the Newport game. But, you know, same old story. And we just haven't managed to... How can I word this? Um, get a good psychology into the stadium, into the into the whole event. Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everyone kind of approaches these games as an Ipswich fan with a, an air of trepidation and dread, don't we? Because we kind of think we know what's going to happen. Under Mick and under Lambert, it would be the kids being played and inevitably we might scrape a replay and then go out in the replay, as we all remember on live telly, to Lincoln. <laughs> the worst scenario, yeah. yeah. Just lose it in one game. Yeah, if you're going to lose it, a replay. get it out of the way. But um, but I think this year we can go into it with more optimism simply because of the quality of the squad. You know, if this is a year ago, it's going to be the likes of Drinnan and Hawkins and those kind of players who are going to get 90 minutes. But 
this year, you know, even the reserve side is probably going to have Raheem Harper and Vincent Young might start again at right back. So I, I think we can go in, into this time with a, a bit of optimism, especially given their their standing in the league. They're, they're a footballing side, so they'll like to kind of not not take us on, but they'll say they'll play similar kind of football. They're not a long ball side by any stretch of the imagination. They prefer short passing. They look to get shots off from from range. They're sort of a shoot a shoot on sight uh, kind of club at the moment. Uh, two goals scored from sixty long range efforts so far this season. So they're not great at it but they will have a go on it. They're very strong down the left. That's where they prefer to attack. Like I said a few minutes ago, Benny Kuto is the uh, the danger man out wide. He's got two assists and he's a really, really good crosser of the ball. So he's one to look out for. And obviously the, whoever plays at right back, be it Danassian getting fitness back in or or Vincent Young building his fitness will have to be on uh, on their toes against him. And they're happy to just keep the ball in their own half. They only average about 51% or so of possession. So they'll be happy to knock it around, short passing in their own half and sort of wait to, wait to hit us on the uh, on the breaks with the left-hand side of the uh, of the pitch but but we shouldn't we shouldn't fear any of this let's be honest you know no no absolutely not and it's one of those where the the ideal scenario and I know we've had this conversation year on year in the pod is the ideal scenario is you have players um I don't know Scott Fraser for example who think they should be in the first team and it's right go and wave a, a big flag go and you know score a goal get an assist get a man of the match and a standout performance and you know put yourself in right front and center in front of Paul Cook um do you want to run me through and I suspect if anyone wants to do this on Twitter as well I suspect under two percent of people will get the lineup right if they try and project it because it's a nightmare on these cup games you just never never know but um what, what, what do you see happening in terms of lineup well, obviously, Clacky will probably come back into goal. Holy, I think, is back now, isn't he, from his uh, his exploits at Cambridge. I think he's back in the in the building, but Clacky will surely get yeah, a start. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, in goal. Uh, I don't know the right back. If Danassian's fit, maybe he'll get a, a run out to get himself some fitness back up. Or would you just play Vincent Young again just to That's keep building up be, his, his fitness levels? That'll be pure data, won't yeah. it? That'll be yeah. red zone. If he's anywhere near, he won't play, and he'll play against Colchester. If he's okay, he'll play an hour or whatever, but it's just... Just so that's one we we, we don't we don't, the, we don't have a clue team. on yeah, on no. that one. Sorry, go on. It must be Wolfenden and Burgess as the back two, surely. You know, Wolfenden came in at right back against Plymouth, but he'll he'll return to his favourite central role, and Burgess will get a few minutes in the uh, uh, back, in the, good, back in the back. Good. Yeah, um, he changed things, didn't he? It looked like well, when they remember the conversation Craig and I had on the pod. Can we get some physicality here? And we all met up before the game, and it's. Well, okay, so Coulson and Vincent Young are the fullbacks, and look at the three off the front. Uh, and then bless Coulson, who looked very groggy when he went off. Massive 50 50. Um, but Burgess coming into that game against Wickham was maybe uh, some extra physicality that, that was needed. Sorry, go on. Yeah, so I presume he'll come back in as the, the left centre-half. Left-back, I think he might give Kenlock a game. I presume Kenlock can play in the FA Cup. I know he can play in the Pizza Cup. I assume he can play in the FA Cup. And I think he might sure. do that. If, if he's if he's eligible to play, I think he might get 90 minutes because if Coulson's injured, he's not going to want to play uh, uh, Penny, is he? He'll want to protect Penny for the for the league games. Or possibly you've got Bailey Clements, who I think, did he play the Newport game at the start of the season? I guess maybe he could come in as well uh, at the left-back position. Central midfield, I guess, will be El Mazzuni um, as the the deeper, more physical of the two. And then if Carroll's fit, does Tom Carroll maybe get a game? If not, Harper. I know he said he sees him as a number 10. It's ridiculous, isn't it? As we list these names, Harper, and this is now our reserve side. 
Harper had a bit of a hapless cameo. At yeah, he <laughs> giving the ball he, away, he didn't just, he? <laughs> he just couldn't quite get yeah. into the pace of the game. That I, I know he's a quality, um, quality player. It was just one of those where it's like, oh my god, just, <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just boot it anywhere if you're going to give it away every time. But um, yeah, um, no, I think it will be Harper actually. You reckon Harper and El Mazzuni in central mid? Yeah, makes sense. Aluku probably coming back on the right-hand side. You know, he did really well when he came in against Cambridge with a couple of goals, but missed the last the last game with the, the, the facial injury. Came on, I know, very late on, but makes sense to give him some minutes. Uh, I've guessed maybe Chaplin in the 10. Selena really... So, yeah, I'm not so, so sure he'll, he'll put... Do you Chaplin. think Fraser in the 10 and maybe Jackson out wide then? Um, it depends on your Carroll-Harper thing, doesn't it? Um, I I just... I know people mock me for being so high on Chaplin, but I just think he'll be pegged as, and you're more likely to see a, a Louis Barry or someone off the front there. And there's there's probably two players we've signed that we've forgotten in our... Yeah, <laughs> probably. I'll be honest, when, when well. you just said Louis Barry, I realise I've not put him in this squad at all. So yeah, he's yeah. the one that, uh, that I forgot. Uh, Fraser, I guess, will come back in either mm. maybe in the number 10, if not slightly, slightly to the left in the attacking midfield position. And I guess Piggott, probably starts up front, doesn't he? Um, I was unsure with, with the Bond call-up today. I thought, oh, maybe he'll, he won't play Piggott. Maybe he'll, he won't risk it for the uh, keeping him safe for the Oxford game. But he's going to need some minutes because he's, he's not featured much at all recently. Um, and if Bond doesn't go away, then there's, there's no reason for him not to play these next two games, I don't think. And then you've yeah, got a bench, haven't you, with the likes of Jackson on it, Louis Barry. You know, the, even the bench squad will be frightening. Yeah, yeah. And it it all just depends on like I tried to word, I don't know if I did effectively, the, the psychology of the the whole thing. If it's if it's gonna be a, a positive afternoon that people can get something out of, and then it's you know, just can people build up partnerships with yeah. what's probably gonna be likely unfamiliar sort of partners throughout the team. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's 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 what we have to look at. And also, I guess this season we have seen quite often, you know, when a player drops out, somebody else does come in and really look to stake a claim. So that has happened so far this year. So, you know, there's no reason, hopefully, some of these guys who at the moment are probably thinking, well, I'm I'm reserved to the, the cup games and maybe getting off the bench every now and again, they can really look to go out and look to nail down a spot. And I guess with the likes of, you know, Danassi, and it proves that if you, if you do well and, and do well for yourself, then there's no reason Cook won't put you back in the side. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, please do um, at Blue Monday ITFC. If you think you can guess the entire 11, um, I, I think what Seb and I have tried to do is not commit to an answer there and <laughs> mention the name of every single player that could possibly be included. But yeah, um, I'm looking forward but, to see the guy, uh, see them mention who we've forgotten, because there must be, like you said, there must be oh, a day yeah, here yeah. where people will be screaming at the radio or at the YouTube screen <laughs> thinking, you idiots, you haven't mentioned this person. It's like that this season, isn't it? Right, I'm going to press this button and we're going to get Seb's Fact of the Week, which I'm very excited about. Bloody Partridge music. He loves that. He absolutely <laughs> loves it. It's all because I did a thing. Did you hear how it came about? I did a fact about Bridges once because I couldn't find anything <laughs> interesting about... Uh, it was MK Dons and it was like the third game of the season. And MK Dons are a side that's like half my age. So I couldn't find anything interesting about them. I get so but I much found a- stick in the podcast because, you know, where I live, MK Dons are virtually my local team. So I always stand up for MK Dons whilst everyone's <laughs> burying them in our WhatsApp group. <laughs> 
I couldn't find anything interesting, so I did a fact about bridges, and he kind of laughed about it. And then something about yeah, he's got this uh, this Alan Partridge music, which seems to go down well with a live audience. So we'll let him have it. Uh, anyway, right, <laughs> this down well with me. <laughs> this week's fact of the week. So a bit of an Ipswich Town throwback. Joe Royal God. holds the record for the most wins as Oldham manager in their history. He took charge between 1982 and 1994 and won 225 out of his 608 games. He also led the club to the old first division, so that's the promotion to what then became the, the Premier League. And this was impressive. I didn't know this. He took them to two FA Cup semi-final appearances and they finished runner-up in the League Cup in 1991. So, you know, Incredible. we're saying now that they're they're down in, in, in League Two, but this is a club with serious pedigree back in the day. I mean, you know, we all love Joe Royal. We remember the entertainers era. It was it was like it is now. It was great football to watch. You were getting three alls and six fours and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, so, you know, a, a, a great Ipswich manager. But the, the job he did at Oldham was absolutely phenomenal. Joe Royal was a great manager. If you wind, wind that back, um, what does that say? 1982 to 1994. He then goes to Everton and wins the FA Cup with Joe Royal's Dogs of War and um, avoids relegation. And then, of course, he was the Man City manager. Yeah. Double promotion yeah. that yeah. Um, pipped us to second place. He's just a great manager for many, many years. And I, I forget the journalist's name. Mike, Mike somebody has just written a book about that era and it is an incredible story it's it's one of those where you kind of look at the landscape today and you think that couldn't happen today it wouldn't happen, you know yeah a manager gets 14 years yeah. at a second tier club or whatever it was 12 years and he's getting to cup semi-finals didn't they take the lead in one of the cup finals was it, i remember mark hughes no one of the cup semi-finals i i distinctly remember they, it was one of the first years they played the semi at Wembley and they took the lead and it was against Manchester United. It probably right, would have yeah. been the year that maybe United beat Chelsea in the final 4-0. Do you remember when Cantona scored two yeah, penalties? Yeah, I, I remember the final, yeah. I think um, I may have just conflated two years and um, uh, our more knowledgeable watchers and listeners will um, be correcting me. But no, it was a really, really great story and a, a really yeah. and the plastic pitch, the coldest stadium in... <laughs> in England, but then they would turn up and um, I'll I'll show my age here. My first ever Ipswich game was a nil-nil draw against Wolves. But the first ever Ipswich game I saw with goals um, at Portman Road was when Oldham got promoted at Portman Road. I think Ian Marshall scored twice in that game okay. as well. And um, yeah, that was the culmination of all of those first seven or eight years of, um, of Joe Royal. So... Uh, absolutely uh, tremendous stuff. Right. Um, we're going to do some plugs and then I'm very um, nervous about going to room 101, uh, <laughs> Seb. But um, you can still check out the uh, Wickham Reaction Show if you want to be high on life and giddy like we all were on um, Tuesday night. That was Rich, Dave and Seb. Uh, we'll be back on Monday a.m. Uh, with the flagship show, Mikey, Dave and Joe will be on that. Um, obviously, we're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Grinder and TikTok and <laughs> <laughs> every app under the sun. <laughs> just park, just eat um, everywhere. And you can support um, financially if you want to. As we always say, podcasts and YouTube will always be free. But if you do um, want to support what we're doing and help, help us grow and help us with a, a few costs that we do have, especially in the live streaming um, 
era nowadays, you can do so. Um, details of how to support the champion will be found at bluemondayitfc.co.uk. And Seb, do you want to give a plug to our wonderful sponsors, the Greyhound, um, here for this show? Yeah, absolutely. Get yourselves down to the Greyhound. It's the, the, the best place in Ipswich by far for a pre-match and a post-match meetup. We had a chat with Nick in there, came along. Me, Dave, Mikey and Rich were there a, uh, a couple of weeks ago and Nick came along and said hello to us all. So you'll, you'll quite often see some of the Blue Monday guys down there. I think Rich is there on the weekend. So yeah, pop in, say hello and uh, yeah, support the Greyhound because it's by far the best venue pre and post-match. Tremendous stuff. And thank you as ever to um, guys at the Greyhound for their association uh, sponsoring this particular show this season. Right, here we go. Then. Right, as GB would say on the Naked Football Show, um, I'm about to lose my Room 101 virginity here. So I'm going to throw to Seb, um, who's going to smart me up on what I'm now letting myself in for. And what's going to happen over the next few minutes? Okay, so I'm going to go first this week. So I won last week. Last week, Rich had mm. wanted to ban Sweet Caroline. Have you got a, an up-to-date league table? Is there that up-to-date? Go. I've got uh, that. Yep, goal music. Yeah, so I won uh, banning goal music because I just don't like it. I want to hear the crowd and emotion when people score. I don't want to hear some crappy 90s pop tune or whatever they play. And Rich <laughs> tried to ban Sweet Caroline. So I won it by, I think it was 52% to 48%. So <laughs> it was very, very close throughout the week, but I took that one slightly. So I'm slowly clawing ground back on him. So, so this week for my 101, I'm going to put into Football Room 101, I follow coverage, both audio <laughs> and video. Oh, I might as well quit now. I don't stand a chance of winning this. Do well, I? you might. You never know. You might. I don't know what you're going to come up with yet. But yeah, so I'm going to go for iFollow because I just think it's crap. The game on uh, on Tuesday night, the camera wasn't straight. It's often blurry and shaky. And if it's a windy day, you know, the poor cameraman can't hold it properly. It's always one camera. There's no additional things unless you're watching Portsmouth away because for some reason they've got a secondary camera. I don't like the fact that I follow charge you 10 quid to watch Pizza Cup games and presumably the FA Cup game. If it goes to a replay on a Tuesday night, that'll be 10 quid as well. That's ridiculous. It's, it's nothing to do with the club. You know, the club make it quite clear this is not an in-house production. It's an external company. The prices are set by iFollow and I just, I just don't like it. There were four and a half thousand odd fans apparently watching the uh, Ipswich Wickham game from the Ipswich side on on Wednesday night, Tuesday night. So that's 46 odd thousand quid that's gone into the iFollow coffers. And I just think the service they give us is pretty poor. I pay the, the monthly subscription, the 499 thing for the audio feed and it always cuts out and quite often you just get static and it's always, always way, way behind the, the app and stuff. So no, for me, iFollow isn't good enough as a, as a service. We pay a, a relatively premium price for it, £10 a pop. And for me, get rid of it. Get it in the bin. Get, get it, it in, in the bin. bin. Not for me. There you go. Um, yeah, that's going to be a hard one to defeat. So I am going to go for not teams of the week, but I'm going to go for the replies to teams of the week. Okay. Where's such and such? <laughs> Stop it. You know exactly my my pet hate. So each and every week on Twitter, um, the EFL will put out, here is our team of the week, powered by whoscored.com. Okay. And then you'll get a litany of replies from wonderful football fans that we all love um, underneath. Um and they want to know where their favourite player is. And they think that their favourite player has been robbed. And who makes these lists? They're a fraud. They're terrible. And then 
if a team has had a big win, never mind a player, oh, how come there's no so-and-so players in in the team? And I try not to get too vexed by this. Um, so what I've taken to doing is retweeting them and just putting an angry face and putting where's dot, 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 dot. And would you believe people then still reply to my tweet? <laughs> Brilliant. I can't believe so-and-so's not in it. So the, the, the problem I have with this, Seb, is that I love football. I love football fans, but football fans are very emotional creatures and do do and say some very, very silly things. And I would suggest that probably, what do you reckon? Over 50% of football fans couldn't name, that go to a game, couldn't name more than half of the opposition team once they've yeah, left the game. Probably, probably fair. It's probably right. not even that high. So, if that's the case, so they know their own team, half the opposition team, and then there's another, say in the Championship or League One, 12 games going on, right? They're only factoring in the players that they see, and they'll only comment where their team's won. And I think the thing that gets me the most is, if you were inventing a Team of the Week thing from the ground up, what would you do? You would say, I know... Let's take every player and fit them with a GPS system and we'll collect all the data on every player that plays and we're going to feed it into a who scored algorithm to come up with a rating and we'll get a rating for every single player and then the players with the best rating, we'll make a little team out of them. No, (laughs) no. I went and watched my team play and the right back who was running up and down right in front of me and therefore the player I recognise the most has to be in this team. Where's so-and-so? So I don't know quite how to frame this in a pithy way, but but the comments on Team of the Week have to go into Room 101 for me, but I know I'm going to struggle to beat I follow Seb. No, it's a, it's, it's a good shout. You know, you often you see it so many times when a, a side is put up there. Where's such-and-such? Why isn't such-and-such there? And it, it, like you say, it's ridiculous. You know, football fans with emotions are not always a, 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 a good thing. And the tweet literally says, powered by who? Powered <laughs> yeah, by who? Literally scored. by a stats website, a, science, <laughs> a, a bit... scientific data collection process. But no, no. Good old, good like old me... Johnny from seat four in row A knows better than, 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 than the GPS vests. Like Here are the 10 fastest cars that drove down the M1 today. And then someone going, <laughs> I did 110 on the A14. <laughs> but it's the M1. <laughs> oh, dear. There we go. Anyway, so what what happens now? We're going to put so it'll that go out to, to public yeah, vote. it'll go it'll go to the vote. So when the when the show goes goes live tomorrow on release, there'll be a uh, just below it there'll be the feature for the vote. So please get your votes in. Uh, it's normally open till about Wednesday time of next week. So click on your votes, and the winner will be revealed on uh, on on next week's show. I think we're going live next Friday back again. So the winner will be revealed on there, and you can see if you can match Craig's one hundred percent record. <laughs> Is it normal practice? Can I? Besmirch your character and disrespect you now, and in an attempt to win votes. Absolutely. Um, Apparently, Seb was seen the other day in a supermarket. Arrived at the checkout exactly the same time as an old lady. Didn't let her go in front. That's that's what we're that's what we're up against. And I wasn't wearing a mask. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say I should have put this into room one hundred and one. Some someone unsubscribed from my from my YouTube channel the other day because in my vlog at the Ipswich Wiccan game. I was wearing a mask, which they, I tend to do. Out of, from your ch- they unsubscribed okay. because okay. I was wearing a mask, not because okay. I was because I was going in the you know in the press box and the press room and all yeah. of that thing. It's kind of courtesy, you yeah. know. It's, 
Had it un- unsubscribed? It's common sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, that's <laughs> one less go. follower who'll be commenting on your video saying, "Where's such and such?" <laughs> Next yeah, time I'm... you do your top ten players or your top ten managers of the championship, <laughs> you've lost that uh, that good man's in that good person's insight. I wish I had the huts, but uh, I see Gary Neville with his seven million followers when he gets that. <laughs> Just like puts a wave emoji and say, "See it, see you later, mate." But... Yeah. There we go. Right. Um, thank you once again um, to the good people at the Greyhound who sponsor this show. Um, Seb, a, a, a win? A win I against Oldham, so. whatever the it's, team is? It's got to be, hasn't it? Even with the reserve side going out, we're still going to be far too good for them. They're conceding an average of one and a half goals a game. So I'm going to go for a 2-0, a 2-0 victory, a professional performance, a 2-0 victory and some minutes in the legs of the uh, of the second string. And last word, obviously, because I'm a very competitive person. Vote for me in uh, Football Room 101 and get me on the leaderboard, for God's sake. Right. Say goodbye, Seb. Cheers, guys. Thank you. See you next week. And it's goodbye from me. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.